Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Welcome back to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And we're here again this week to do a rundown of what's happening in the news, digging past the clickbait, digging past the headlines to find out what's really going on. And we will never claim to have all the answers. We won't even claim to always be right. But what we can assure you is that we are united in our pursuit for the truth to figure out what's really going on. And we now trust nobody. <laughs> we also dig, we dig past the emotion. Uh-huh. Oh, good point. Emotion. Yeah, no. we, we definitely believe that emotions, you know, certainly can be a good thing. And it certainly is women. Like we know, um, you know, God made us a certain way. I truly believe that. And our emotions are often good sensors and, and sort of sirens to let us know, you know, what's going on around us. But we also know that logic has got to prevail and the truth has to prevail. And so we as women, and we know men can be just the same way, we have to push past the emotions that we do feel. Trust me, y'all, when we talk about this stuff, you'll hear us get emotional and it won't be. Oh, I got a lot of emotions. (laughs) I got a lot. (laughs) We're not not immune to being triggered. Definitely not immune. Triggered. (laughs) We try not to shout on the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, my apologies for all the times I have. Uh, we try not to. We shout a lot when we are conversing and discussing all of this. But by the time we get here, we're, what, we're trying to do a few things. We're going to try to bring you what we can verify. Um, we try to bring you the evidence that we can discover as we're discovering it. And what we try not to talk about is things we don't know much about, okay? So we do get a lot of messages from you guys. Hey, will you cover this? Will you cover that? Listen, we don't try to talk about things we don't know about because we want to contribute to the conversation with some actual evidence that we can find, not necessarily hearsay and certainly not, you know, if we present a theory, we're going to tell you it's a theory, okay? And sometimes we do, but we're going to tell you it's a theory. So uh, first of all, though, Kristen and I, Amy, we missed you, but this past week and y'all, do you hear a clicking or is that just me? That's just you. Okay. I just want to make sure maybe it's just my, I hope it's just my microphone. Um, so this past weekend, Kristen and I had this incredible. Play. I just heard that. Click. Did you hear it? It's not bad, but I heard something. Okay, well, just go pray that goes away. I don't really, it might be my computer. My computer's been acting up full. So let's pray that that's, it stops. Okay, Kristen and I, this weekend in Raleigh, got to meet with Dr. Bob Sears, Dr. Cammie Benton, 
Dr. Bose Ravenel, or Bose as he insists that we call him. We are not allowed to call him <laughs> Dr. Ravenel anymore. Um, and Jennifer Margulies, PhD, who co-wrote the book with Paul Thomas, The Vaccine-Friendly Plan. But this was the Stand for Health Freedom um, conference or meeting here in Raleigh. And man, did we have fun. And Kristen and I are so excited to tell you we think we're going to be able to have all these people we haven't had yet. So we've had Dr. Benton. We definitely think you should go listen to our podcast with her, Cami Benton. I think, um, I can't remember the name of the episode. It was amazing. Yes, so good. Bose Ravenel, who's treated children for 30 plus years, worked in academia at the University of North Carolina. Smart guy, man, his heart. We just love him. Uh, he, he makes Kristen and I cry every time we hear him talk. Um, Dr. Bob Sears, who's taken a strong stance for um, choice in the state of California. And his father is kind of the, the godfather of the what I would call the parenting Bible when I was raising my boys. Dr. Sears had a book that many of us really leaned on raising our children. His son is on the doctor's TV show. And so this would be his brother, Dr. Bob Sears. And um, anyway, we really love meeting with them and we can't wait to bring them on the podcast so that you guys can hear a lot of what we heard. But Kristen, what's your take on this past week? Uh, I mean, there, there were so many things that we learned. First of all, I always love listening to Dr. Cammie Benton. Her passion um, and excitement and true, like just fight for freedom. And I love her story on the whole flu vaccine. If y'all, seriously, if y'all have not heard our podcast with her, please go check it out. You're, you will be shocked. Okay. She did go over that as well. She also has a video and I really need to go screen record it before that shiitake gets taken down. Cause y'all know how that works. We're going to be talking about that too, called we are vaxxed. Um, I actually didn't even realize it was her until we had our podcast with her that I listened to that a while ago. And it is very, very interesting. I also love um, Dr. Margulis. I loved her passion too. Like that, literally they, I told Holly, I was like, it's like, they're like us. They're just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, but you feel like you're just friends with them. You're yes. like, you're hanging out. Like it was, it was not stiff. It wasn't stuffy. It wasn't whatever. Like we were hanging on to every word that they said and they're just real people. And they told their experiences just as parents, not just as, you know, when you are a physician or a nurse or whatever, you're a healthcare professional. But then when you're a mom or a dad, it's different. It's yes. totally different. You know, things change. And I love how they said, um, I think it was Dr. Benton that said, you know, when you're in school, medical school, you uh, vaccines are just one of those things that you're just like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's healed the world. That's it. You don't need, you don't have time to question that. You have, you question so many other things, you don't have time to question it. And I also love that Dr. Sears said, anybody who goes to look, who goes down that path or starts questioning vaccines, they never go back to doing it. They, no. or they never go to the complete CDC schedule. So we're not giving you any advice. We're not no. telling you what to do or not to do. They are not against vaccines. They are literally about a vaccine friendly, accepting any choice. Okay. But it is, but they're all about informed choice and informed consent and actually presenting all the facts of the great books. One thing I wanted to shout out, please do remember Doctor, and if you don't know, Dr. Benton is like very passionate, has a huge passion project. That's something that our entire world needs. Definitely our country. She is building, working on the first integrative healthcare system like hospital. 
All right. So yes, we have a lot of awesome holistic wellness centers, but she is actually creating the critical care space with a whole holistic approach. So if you know anybody that would be interested, if you have any money to donate, I don't care if it's $5, $10, $20, $100, anything helps at this point. That's what they need. They need volunteers. They need money. And if this is something that you are interested in, y'all can ask, ask us or reach out to her or check her out. I think it's, it's Compass Integrative Medicine. Is that right? And I know she's Benton Family Medicine. I need to look up that. We'll, we'll find that. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely connect the links for you guys. And definitely, if you want to get behind a movement, um, if you're a person who believes in medical freedom and in and, and, and redefining the current medical system here in the United States, this is a, a movement that you want to partner with, and we certainly are the three of us, and we will point you to how to do that. And uh, and actually, this Sunday, I'm going to be in Florida, but Kristen and Amy got an invite to go to, um, what are you guys going to be doing on this Sunday? It's called, heal, is it Heal and Is that the Heal and See, or is that what you No, mean? that's where we were. This is the with the North Carolina Physicians yes. for Freedom. Um, and it is, so that is supporting, if y'all heard our podcast with, uh, Dr. Wiggy Saunders and Emily Saunders, they have, um, created this group, the NC Physicians for Freedom, and this is a luncheon, um, in Chapel Hill, and it's going to be with Mark Robinson and, um, Dr. Peter McCullough, and I know Bose is going to be there and quite a few other physicians and healthcare pro professionals. What yes, I was just going to say, it's oh. called the, um, the Making Medical History Celebration. Yes. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So can y'all make sure that we get Mark Robinson on the podcast? I know we don't normally interview politicians. He is the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, but I would love to talk to him about some of the BLM topics and some of the equality topics that I know he could speak to personally. So um, if y'all can get Mark Absolutely. Robinson on the podcast for us, that'd be great. We'll work it. We'll work you it. know we will work that. Hey. <laughs> Kristen and I batted a thousand this weekend. So we need to do that again, right? Everybody we asked yes. said they'd be on. Um, and yeah, and and then they were referring us to other people that they said they would help us get on. So that was exciting exactly. too. Y'all, one thing they did that Dr. Margulis did talk about was just the benefits of fever mm -hmm. and the benefit of just even having natural when you get sick naturally, okay, like fever has such great benefits. And we're always so worried about that. And I will tell you one thing, we are not giving medical advice. No. This is coming from a physician. You can look it all up. You can go follow her. We can provide whatever information we have. And we've talked about this. But one thing she said is don't ever, 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 ever give your kid or yourself Tylenol. All mm -hmm. right. She yep. talked a lot about the, not a lot, but a little about all of these, the glyphosate and acetaminophen. She also said, she gave some cool stats. I'm just going to throw a couple of these out that if you had mumps as a child and look, I am not saying go get sick, not go, not saying go get mumps, go get measles or anything. She's just showing simply the benefit of, you know, natural immunity. She said they have had studies. I think she said eight peer reviewed studies that have showed that if you had mumps as a child, you have a reduced risk of ovarian cancer. If you've had measles or measles and mumps, and I may have, I was jotting this down real quick, but you have less risk of heart disease, less risk of autoimmune asthma, less risk of atopic dermatitis. All right. So I just wanted to show you that like, you know, it is, it, it, it can be helpful to well, actually have, you know, natural immunity. And that thing, this is what you're pointing to a greater conversation, Kristen, which is we need to revisit we need to revisit childhood disease, common childhood diseases, 
How do we treat them? Certainly, how, if you can prevent them, we understand that's the point of the vaccination program. But are they treatable in a way that was different 100 years ago? When you know, and what are the benefits of getting the actual disease versus it, certainly if you have a high, high, high percentage of surviving and being fine versus um, the artificial immunization? So. More stuff we'll talk about for sure. I know we got way more to talk about today. We yes. were not going to spend yes. this much time on this, but we definitely are excited to bring more content to you around health and health freedom and taking a different uh, approach and different view at your health and the health system. Okay, so should we start with, uh, what do we do? What do we want to talk about the Bidens? Should we start should... with Elon. Yeah, okay. I mean, I feel like that's the big story of the, of the week is just the, everybody's going nuts. Either one way or the other, you're going nuts, you're excited, or you're going nuts. You're, you're either pissed. pissed about free speech or you're happy about it. Yeah. Which one are you? Pretty much. That's all I can figure. <laughs> um, there's a, I think, you know, so I had this situation happen this morning, y'all, where I got very scared. I, I, um, very scared. We could not find our oldest son. It was, it was a, it was a weird situation and he was fine. His phone had gotten knocked off the charger, but there was a series of events nothing made sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you're like, there's like, okay, where is he? Why isn't the text going through? He was supposed to be at work. Nobody's seen him. Okay. It was one of those crazy moments. And I'm sure if he hears this, he's going to be laughing like, mom, you're an idiot. But I had that moment <laughs> as a mother and he's a grown child with his own career in life and everything. But I had this moment where I was terrified he'd been carjacked last night, leaving a place at 1030. Like I, I literally in my head went to right. carjacked, someone stole his phone. He's in a ditch somewhere. You know, it was all that. And y'all, I couldn't think straight in that moment of pervasive fear. I couldn't find my right. wallet, couldn't find my keys. Like I am literally walking in circles through my house. And I thought about it after I knew he was OK. I was mad at myself for getting so worked up. I had these vain imaginations of what had gone wrong. Right. I, I hate that. And I hate when people do that. And here I had done it. And I thought about it. This is the exact example of what happens when people are afraid. They're yeah, logic, people. They can't think. They, and we've, we've demonstrated that. I think our first or second episode, we yeah. talked about the science behind the brain. It can't logically think when it's scared. Man, has the left done an amazing job at making them afraid of the right? And maybe they've made the right afraid of the left. I don't feel afraid of the left as someone who kind of identifies with the right. I'm not afraid of the left. I, I definitely don't understand people on the far left, but I, I, I'm not afraid of it. And it's crazy to me that how scared people are right now. Like, mm -hmm. like I mean, they oh, think Hitler. Panic mode, like that Ari guy on MSNBC. Yeah, do you have that? Can you yeah. pull that? Um, yeah, let's pull video. that up. Hey, Kristen, why don't you plug our Rumble too? Because I think oh, yeah. So we, I had created a Rumble and it was under my account for a while and there was no way for us to change it to just things. So we've been directing y'all to ours. So we have now created a new Rumble account and it's called Just Think the Podcast. Isn't that a great original name for us? <laughs> um, so we would love, we, we definitely have like probably five of our videos in there now, and we will definitely be uploading a ton more. Um, so please subscribe and go check it out. So anything that we play here, and even if we don't play it, you will have a great um, library of information. Perfect. Thank you. All right, here it is. This is, by the way, and we did do a, a reel on this yesterday, so you may have seen it, but this is Ari, uh, what's, what's his last name? Gosh, I forgot. Elder or something? Yes, from MSNBC, talking about what might happen 
If Elon Musk buys Twitter, y'all, this really happened. Check it out. Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. And okay. okay. Living under where has he been living on this planet, like Earth, or is he new to here? Is he? I mean, that's the only thing in the past. I'm just like, oh, so you can actually do that, and you know that you can do that. So you're new here, huh? huh? You're new here. I mean, are you delusional? I mean, this is del- this this is delusion in my humble <laughs> opinion. It's delusion, is it not? Is he for real? It, I can't. They lie to themselves. So, okay, either there's some, yeah, like, several things, right? You can lie to yourself so much you then believe your own lies, right? That we see that people do that. We we know people personally who do that. And then you've got, or he's just lying to continue to like scare his audience, right? He's just he's just making this up as he goes, and he's this is just part of the narrative they want to push, or truly. He's a victim of the very censorship we've been screaming about. That he does not right. know this has been going on. And I a mean, victim of little brainwashing. I mean, it's. Or no, he just knows that that's what they've already been doing. Yeah. So they know that they're going to flip the switch and do it. The, or he not know. He knows that it's possible because that's what they've been doing. But does he know that's what they've been doing? Like, are, that's. It's like, I don't know. I mean, are you that. You have that little self, that little self-awareness that you go on live air and say that. You obviously have zero self-awareness. He is, he, he was as lost as he could be. I mean, it was, it, it really. I love, scared, scared, like you said, Holly. Scared. Yep. I love the Zuby, the Zuby music. He put, posts some great stuff. Um, and he said, millions of Twitter users are upset today, not because they fear they will be banned or censored, but because they fear the people that disagree with them may not be banned or censored. And I mean, that's it right there. That's absolutely. It. And if you listen to a compilation of pundits, like speaking about all of this from the left, you'd really think Hitler just bought, you know, like the, 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 his, the Hitler rose from the dead and just bought Twitter. I mean, it is so insane to me that that's what they actually think. You don't you think you don't understand free speech. Free speech is that I have the right to say things you vehemently disagree with, but I still have the right to say it. And right. it doesn't mean you have to agree with it. it. Doesn't mean you have to go along with it. You can call it out. You have the right to say you disagree, and then it's wrong. But to 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 think that we have now got to limit things under the the guise of quote hate speech and that anyone with conservative ideals is or a Trump supporter is somehow a racist white supremacist that should be shut up. I mean, listen, I hate people bigots. I mean, I hate it. But if we start saying that even the people who are stupid, foolish, and hateful can't say what they want. That's that's not how our system can work. That's not how our constitution was set up. It was set up that you could say stupid things and hateful. Well, there's also a difference between actual like hate 
speech, like saying, let's go kill somebody or we need to go kill somebody. That's like, there, there should, I mean, I agree that there should be something to that. But for you just to speak your mind or your well, opinion or to, or even showing facts or studies that don't go along with the narrative, that should not be censored or banned. So this guy, I follow um, Metabolic Mike. I yes. think I'll do too. But he posted, um, it says, see, this is a quote from CNN. I don't know when they said this, but Twitter has been focused on healthy conversations. Elon Musk could change that. Okay. From, all, from, from my knowledge of Twitter, which I'm, Holly, you're on Twitter. It's pretty damn toxic. Is it not? I it's mean, toxic. healthy conversations. Oh, and awesome. also, um, Elon Musk is quoted as saying the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. I mean, that says it all. And then metabolic Mike said, it's ironic that the media pundits and news organizations that grossly over-exaggerated the harms of COVID for people under 65 are now terrified Elon Musk will somehow harm humanity by no longer censoring speech online. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have been, you know, doing this. Yeah, like just making stuff and, and false news and, and scaring people. And now they're worried about Elon Musk. Yep. And, I mean, and, and back to saying your point, you know, y'all, it is it is illegal to threaten someone. OK, to threaten someone, it, you know, there that there are there are legal ramifications for threats, threatening someone's life, things like that. OK, the, so there's already things in place. But if someone has an opinion, good gracious, has an opinion you know, they hate white women. They have the right to say it. They can't threaten me, but they can say they hate white women. And there are people who've done it. So- I mean, I'm sure that's true. And I mean, just like yeah. the View, the View co-host uh, obviously hates white men. Oh, can we can we talk about her for a second? Yeah, this is, this is her fear of Elon owning Twitter, guys, just so you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I still can't believe this is a show. Wait, which which- right. Yeah, I'm gonna play the video, right? Isn't that right? Or is it the real? Well, there's two of them. One of them has Will Will Witt from PragerU commenting. So either one is fine. Okay, well here, let's let's just do this one first. We might have to play both of them. Check, check this out. Come on. Close. In fact, on Twitter, it is predominantly straight white men. So when Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men and so let them have it let them just go at it i enjoy the block button on twitter um i think it has a real outsized influence in, in, in our world because politicians and celebrities are on it sorry sonny i know this might be shocking to you but when you have free speech that means a straight white men get to have a voice too sorry <laughs> i mean i'm sorry but that's racist it is totally uh, racist. Tell me how that's not racist. Someone tell me how that is not racist. I'm okay, serious. let me let me just oh, let's yeah. just change straight let's change straight white men in what she just said. I want you to replace that with gay Jewish, black men or or Jewish women or right. Muslim men. Would your ears not go whoa 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 whoa? But see, it's so normalized for a person of color to then say, you know the white people shouldn't be able to do x y and z okay and that's where you're like hold on hold on hold on well, and and the hodge twins did put like the in theirs now i have not vetted this i've not gone to look at the actual stats but they said here are the statistics asian 35 percent latino 31 percent 
NL white. White? Non-Latino white. Oh, non-Latino white. Sorry, I was like, what's NL white? (laughs) 30%. And then African-American, 28%. I mean, that sounds pretty Pretty even even to me. All races on Twitter. So it's not just some place for straight white men. And God forbid that be the case because, ugh. Who, you know, I mean, like, what is that about? I just don't get it. I don't either. Like you said, if you, re- if you replaced the word straight with any other religious or yeah. um, gender or sexuality, you know, term, and then we replaced man with anything else, any other race, any other, you know, I'm just like, people would be up in arms. People would be losing their minds. Yeah. I mean, she can go on air and say this. She can go on air and say this and people are listening and people are clapping and like, it's just, how are we ever going to get past this? Well, we've got to stop saying it's okay. I mean, truly, you guys, it needs to to call it out. out. We have to call it out. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of black people that call this out, right? There's a lot of people of color that do call this out, but they're not, they're they're often people who are being censored and and, and called Uncle Tom's and bulls. Right. The, the truth is, is that you can sympathize, despise the history of, of, of what happened to slaves and the, the, the plight of civil rights in this country. You know, you can you can empathize and, and, and also celebrate how far we've come. Right. And still say it's not OK to demonize someone for their color or gender because their ancestors perhaps played a role in a black eye on our country's history, right? Like you can't, you can't do that. We are living in 2022. Join us here. Join us here. Right. You know, we have a present to live and we have a future to work for and to live for. And so we've got, I mean, We've got to fight for our future, y'all. We cannot live, we can't continue living in the past. And I'm not saying to ignore the past. We have to know all of it. We have to know all of it because that's how we learn and grow and understand and accept all of our differences in our cultures and history and everything. It's important for us to know all of that. So if we truly want racism to end, you know, like end racism now. End. End it. It needs to be called out on all sides. Mm -hmm. You need to be just as infuriated when one goes on television and says something like that about straight white men as you would be if someone went on television and said that about a Jewish white woman or whatever. I mean, you have across the board. And when they're worried about like someone owning so much and having so much control and everything, why aren't they worried about Bill Gates? Does anybody know how much Bill Gates has invested in everything that is Mm. happening right now? And also, did they care when uh, Jeff Bezos fought Washington Post? Yeah, exactly. Oh, 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 hey, can, let's no, talk about they that. Applauded, they applauded that. They applauded that. that. They applauded okay. that. Amy, that different? Amy, that pull, different? That, pull that up, the Business Insider tweets. Can you pull that up? Do you have that? I don't know. Okay, um, so so it's probably, okay. Business Insider tweeted when J- Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, if you don't know who that is, he's certainly a left-leaning uh, individual. He bought the Washington Post and Business Insider, also known as left-leaning, applauded it, thought it was fantastic, tweeted about it. Fast forward to today, Elon Musk buys Twitter. So you have another billionaire buying a, uh, a media uh, 
what we call it, we're buying a social media site, right? Basically. But, um, and the yeah. response and, 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 and called racist and all this stuff. And I found it. It's business insider tweet. Sure, yeah, Billionaires, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post by marks a fascinating cultural transition in America. I love your inflection as you Fasc read it. Fascinating <laughs> culture, <laughs> cultural transition in America. Fascinating guys. A fascinating, fascinating cultural transition for someone to but, buy an entire journal. What what is it? A journalism whatever. Yeah, like but when Elon Sorry. comes along and buys Twitter, it is the end of the world. So what is the difference? What is it? <laughs> when he actually he's clearly saying free speech. He even tweeted something that said, "I well, I hope that the people who aren't happy with me or with this." continue to stay on Twitter. I hope that they, like, he yeah. does not want to ban people. He wants them there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, look, and I'm not saying, I'm sitting here saying Elon's any kind of hero. I'm just, like, we're just trying to look at, it's the reactions from everybody that we're seeing that just makes you think. Yeah, like okay? what is true versus what is um, unless, completely and, illogical, emotion craziness. Sorry, yeah, you're right. And we could and, segue into the state email stuff too yeah i'm gonna please. i'm gonna talk about that in a second but i do want to point out i don't know if you guys know that jack dorsey the former the founder of twitter the former ceo has said he is glad elon is buying it. he has put his support behind elon buying it so that's good news you know because i think he's more level-headed i mean he even said when they like kicked trump off you know and uh, i'm not saying jack dorsey's right about you know everything none of us are but Jack Dorsey did say like, he didn't like that they were doing it. They felt they needed to do it. But I do think we've got, and, and by the way, Trump says he's not going back to Twitter, as we heard, right? He's got his own social media platform. Uh, is it Truth? Is that what it's called, y'all? Social or something, right? Yeah, one of those. So he's, he's going to go there. That's fine. I think it's just about there's got to be a place for open discourse that works, and it's not easy. Y'all, democracy is not easy, okay? But you don't shut things down where there needs to be as much, we need to have as much open discourse about everything as possible. It's what's always, us, you know, get to where we're going. Can, but, I play, can I play it before we move on to this topic yes, about please. this open discourse? Yes. Um, I said to y'all yesterday, and I don't know if y'all had a chance to listen to it, but it made me laugh so hard. And I feel like our listeners will um, appreciate it. Play. It's Ross DeBall. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, did you yeah. hear this? Listen? I listened to it this morning. Oh my yes. God, it's so funny. Listen. Okay. Elon, settle this. This was trending today. We'll tell you. I, for one, would love to see a live debate on Twitter between the doctors that are using ivermectin to save patients' life and are giving very specific information about it, and the people who are saying it doesn't work, because those doctors, right, and government officials and all that. And then we can have them all debate in front of us, and then whoever ends up to have been lying and responsible for literally thousands and thousands of deaths maybe we could ask the law enforcement agencies to charge them with genocide i don't know if your side doesn't show up your side can't give advice anymore our side's ready whenever by the way we've already got like i don't know ten thousand doctors that are like we've been using this shit forever here's 90 other countries that use it <laughs> <laughs> but truly y'all yeah like now that it's the open forum let's do this come on let's do this yeah since when i listened i just posted this today a doctor brian tyson in cal out of california he started doing early treatment because nobody would listen like he actually called like the government officials or something and nobody would help him so he started he started treating them he treat he has treated over ten thousand patients over ten thousand patients since when 
are people not going to believe? And he's not the only physician. Dr. Zelenko has treated tens of thousands, I mean, tens of thousands of patients probably at this point. Like there's a, there's several doctors on myfreedoctor.com treated thousands and thousands and thousands of patients with early treatment. Okay. Why are we continuing to say this doesn't work? And if you don't want to use it, don't use it. Right. But why are we suppressing and censoring and banning and shadow banning all of these physicians? And it is true. Nobody is coming to debate these people. Right. Nobody. They have asked the COVID, the COVID vaccine victims at the defeat the mandate at this Senator Ron Johnson. They have asked. They have requested their presence or someone to speak on their behalf, and they have they've ignored them. Well, and like Ross the boss said, if they don't show up, then that then they're not allowed to give advice anymore. Exactly. Period. And you know that's one of the hopes of this new Twitter takeover from Elon Musk is that. Uh, these physicians who are doing this, who are treating people, who are seeing success, who have been trying to get their voice out that have been suppressed and shadow banned and blocked, that they are now going to be able to use Twitter as a platform to reach people and let people know what they've been up to the past couple of years. Since I, most of they don't know. I love that Dr. Malone just came on and said, I'm back. And then he said, do we not have to spell ivermectin like with the eyeball emoji and ver and a exclamation point? I mean, you know, we, we y'all know what we're doing. We're having to do that. I mean, they're hey, still shadow banning my stuff. Did they let Malone, was Malone kicked off of Twitter and they let him back? Oh yeah, oh, yeah he's back. So they're already, once the, they agreed to the sale, because I doubt the sale's going through, I guess they started letting people back on? Yep. And apparently- I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing, I mean, because this is an actual expert in epidemiology, right? Who was the creator, one of the co-creators, and he absolutely helped create the science of the mRNA vaccine. Yeah, technology. And got the vaccines. And then came out saying, uh-uh, we got to stop this. And he was censored. So he's another person we need to talk to on the podcast. But real quick, let me let me point back before we move on from this whole topic of social media. We've long been telling you that Google's algorithms, we know that the big tech has a censorship issue, right? And it's very one-sided. And we know this in part because people from the left, like Robert, Dr. Robert Epstein testified before Congress in 2018, 2019, about how Google had impacted the presidential election in favor of Hillary Clinton. And he voted for her. So this is not someone who is mad about it. He just said, we've got a problem where this is starting to be controlled messaging. And it's only on one side. Well, NC State, my alma mater, Credit to them, of course, it was from their, um, our university's Department of Computer Science, which is not probably left-leaning like our humanities departments are there. Um, but they did a peek into the political biases in email spam filtering algorithms during the US election in 2020. Now get this, they looked at Yahoo, they looked at others, which are far less used, and they might've been slightly right-leaning. So we wanna say in full disclosure, they might have filtered through. So basically what it's saying is if you got an email from a political party, these email systems can send them straight to your spam folders if they want. And Yahoo sent slightly more left-leaning literature into spam. But Google, listen to this, Google or Gmail, which is owned by Google, as we know, had a clear, undeniable, okay, undeniable. The study took place over a course of five months from July to November 30th, 2020 on Gmail, Outlook, and Yahoo. They created 102 email accounts and subscribed to two presidential, 78 Senate, and 156 House candidates. Gmail kept the majority of left-wing candidate emails in the inbox. 
okay? Less than 10.1% were marked as spam. While it sent the majority of right-wing candidate emails to the spam folder, up to 77.2% of those were marked as spam compared to 10% of the left-leaning. Okay, that's a huge disparity, but get this. The study further observed that the percentage of emails marked by Gmail as spam from the right-wing candidates grew steadily as the election date approached. While the percentage of emails marked as spam from the left-wing candidates remained about the same leading up to election day. Now, of course, Gmail comes out and says, no, it's just because people were unfollowing. That's a huge, huge number compared to Yahoo at the same period of time. Yahoo's not doing it. Outlook's not doing it. But Gmail was? Come on. Come on. I mean, that's a huge 77% versus less than 10%. 70. And then, so then there, I've seen other articles and I don't know how they proved this, but they've even come up with a quantifiable number that they believe it could have impacted giving, but not just giving because let's go back. And this is what we put on our reel this week. Remember when we found out and it was right after the election in November of 2020. Do you remember that they did a study it was the meet, one of the media um, polling centers did a study of Biden voters and they asked him, did you know about the Hunter laptop story? Did you know about the sexual assault accusations against Joe Biden? And there were over, it was like over 10% of Biden voters, many of them said they didn't know about the stories. I want to say over half didn't even know about the stories, but over 10%, maybe it was 11% said, well, we would have changed our vote. It, we actually would have changed actually, our vote. 16%. I found that um, 16, okay. fact, yeah, 16 16% of Biden voters would have voted differently if Hunter Biden laptop story was not suppressed by the media. A poll previously put out by Media Research Center showed full, that fully 16% of voters who were unaware of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal would have switched their minds and not voted for Joe Biden, the president, had they known about it at the time. And so right there is goes to show you how it can, just like the video we just played where he said, you could turn down, acting like that's what Elon's going to do on Twitter. He's going to turn down liberal information and turn up Republican information. And that's going to control the election. And we won't know about it till after the election. Dude, that's what happened. Exactly. On the exactly. right. What you've been doing. It's, I mean, so crazy to me. But this is this is the point, guys, is that we have got to continue to fight against the censorship. All information, left, right, center, should be out there for public consumption. And I heard Joe Rogan say this week that, you know, when he was attacked, um, you know, multiple times, obviously, they tried to call him a racist. Um, and then, of course, the ivermectin story. He said his viewership subscriptions went up two by two million because he so. I want, the left needs to wake up this, like we've always said, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for this censorship. We would right. not have felt yeah. the need to do this. If they it are dri they're the ones driving this ride. They're driving it. Yeah. They're waking more people up. It's oh. backfire. So keep oh. on then, honey. Yep. <laughs> well, fire. I'm like, it ain't gonna stop me, fool. We're gonna find out a way. Well, where there's a will, there's a way. That's what my mom always said. Well, <laughs> we already know that MSNBC is, you know, pathetic because we just played you a clip from them. I mean, it's sad. It's super sad that they're that disconnected from reality. 
CNN has seen a tremendous drop in ratings, like the worst they've ever had. It, it turns out that, that their evil, you know, what is it, the orange man? Is that what they call him? The evil orange man not being in office really hurt their viewership. And, and it's continued to plummet. So they tried to, so guess what they did, y'all? When something wasn't working, when something was failing and it was free, they decided to create another thing that's they not free. They make and it pay for it. That's smart. And it was hard. CNN Plus, and they brought over Fox News, uh, Chris Wallace, who had been the, he's the son of former CBS, I think it's CBS, right? Uh, news anchor or a news reporter, uh, Mike Wallace, uh, legendary guy, right? They brought over Chris Wallace, you know, thinking that that was going to draw in viewership. Nope, mm -hmm. nope, nope. Chris Wallace lost a lot of respect when he did the first, um, he lost a lot of respect on the right when he did the first, um, debate between Biden and Trump yeah. and his questions, even through the evaluations were shown to be, you know, certainly one-sided. And, uh, but anyway, it's failed. They, they only had 10,000 people. First of all, was it all CNN employees that subscribed? 10,000. Like doing that reel where it's like, well, that was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> was it 300 million? I think it was 300 million to create oh, this God. and it's, it's gone. They canned it. It's done. It's done. Bless. I mean, bless their hearts. Uh, well, before um, we move on to uh, like other things, since we mentioned Hunter's laptop, um, <laughs> can we can we just talk about that wonderful thing, that smear, that smear campaign, that Russian disinformation? There's a lot of stuff that's come out about the laptop um, here lately. Obviously, mm -hmm. at last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago, I told you about the book. Um, yeah. So go get yeah. the book if you want to know more. And tell but, them what, um, it was, what it is again. The Laptop from Hell. Yeah. By, I think her name's Miranda Devine. Thank yeah, Miranda Devine, yep. Okay, um, there's been a couple couple headlines coming out um, as more and more information comes out, finally. Well, first of all, CBS News actually did a whole story on it, so that was pretty impressive that they're actually talking about it. Um, but just this week, the Daily Mail, um, which is, I think that's out of the UK, is it not? Daily Mail? Yeah, the UK is actually commenting, yeah. you know, is talking more about These the US things, information. Right than we are. But um, this came out, it says that Joe's uh, missing millions, financial records reveal he had 5.2, Joe Biden had 5.2 million in unexplained income. As emails show, he paid for Hunter's legal bills for one megabucks Chinese deal and was tapped as the big guy to get a 10% cut in another, which we've been talking about that for a year now, the whole big guy thing. I mean, yep. that was already, we've already, we've known this, you know, they're just now talking about it. But every time it was brought up, every time, We've got videos to prove it. They said it's smear. Joe Biden specifically said it's smear. There's nothing to any of that. And, you know, it's Russian disinformation. I mean, the media was all over. We've got a media clip too. It's on our Rumble account. Go check it out. Um, yeah. And then they talked about um, yeah, the other thing this the other week thing was transactions. Um, yeah. So basically, Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's uh, business partners at the White House. Um, so, when he says, I'll have y'all remember that Joe Biden has stated and continues to state that he absolutely never, ever, ever, ever in his life spoke one word about his son's business dealings with his son, like mm -hmm. nothing. So this admitted, you know, he admits, Hunter, that he was completely a crackhead. I mean, literally a crackhead. I'm not just using that term. You know, he was a, a addicted to crack. He had so many problems. 
And you're telling me he made multi-million dollar business deals as a crackhead and never once spoke to his dad about it? Never once. His dad knew nothing of it. He was able to coherently make multi-million dollar business deals with foreign countries without his dad being involved at all. How does that make sense? Mm. It does. So anyway, um, Joe Biden, there's a record, there's a log of people who visit the White House, by the way. Mm. And the log shows that um, there were several meetings with Joe Biden's um, or Hunter Biden's business partners with Joe and Jill Biden. And it says at the end of this, um, this is a Breitbart article. Um, let's see, where is that? Somewhere right, right, here, down right? There, right Okay. The logs reveal that Schwerin met with various close aides of both Jill and Joe Biden at key moments in Hunter's life when he was striking multi-million dollar deals in foreign countries, including China. Yet President Biden has long insisted he, insisted he had no involvement in his son's foreign affairs. Quote, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, he said in 2019. How does your crackhead son get overseas business dealings? Because of who he, because of what? Like, and how do they dismiss a laptop like this with this information that could legitimately be a national security issue? We have no idea what's in there. Some people know, yeah. but a lot of people are choosing not to know. Yeah. And it's just now coming out and you have to ask why, why yeah. now? Yeah. Why are they just now? I know it kind of, it was a slip up in court or on something else, but it's like, now they got to go with it. Yep. But all the people who knew about it and didn't talk about it, they need to be held accountable. Right. Cause you well, think we could be compromised. Like as a country, like if, if Hunter Biden is selling access of his dad to these foreign countries, you know, in return, the foreign countries might want something or striking business deals that said like, okay, I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. We want this from you. You know, this is, this could be a huge problem. Yeah. Well, and speaking, and, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Holly. Well, and I, I think this kind of points back to again when you look at it from a global perspective, that the China would have interest in Joe Biden being president if 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 these connections are true, right? Where the Bidens have strong affiliations with the Chinese government, which we know that's now getting looked into. Well, we know that China does not want. Would, would want Joe Biden to be president, right? They certainly wouldn't want the guy before him who was trying to stick it to him, right? And I just think that in the, in the coming years, I hope we learn more about, about all of that, about how that was connected. Um, so anyway, uh, moving on, I won't speculate on that much longer, but I am curious about it. Um, let's talk, can we talk about the border again? We just always have to bring this up. Yeah, before, before we get to the border, yeah. because this kind of is, and we can just briefly touch on it and then go to the border. Yeah. Um, Ukraine, when we're talking about more business deals, yo, I just saw something where we are giving yet another $500 million to Ukraine, yet we have probably the biggest food shortage we've had in a long time. Food places are getting burned down. I don't know if y'all have seen reports of that. Um, and our gas prices are sky high and we've got the border. So this does tie right into the border. Like if we've got money to spend in another country- To give them weapons. To give them, for, to protect them, we are not doing anything to protect us and our border and us and our food. People are going to start starving here. Yet they're worried about that over there. Okay, now we can move on. But I really wanted to at least point out, y'all better start learning how to farm. Um, y'all better get some seeds. Well, you know, and I, I, and I do want to be like, 
cautious in sticking with what we know for sure, but we are watching the food uh, supply situation. And I think we all should be. We're not exactly sure what's going on. There have been um, quite a few fires in some major food plants um, over the last, I guess, the course of the last year or two. And, and there's a lot of, you know, certainly with all the challenges we have in our economy right now, there's a lot of people saying we're going to have issues, we're going to have food shortages. And uh, Kristen's right, like it, it would behoove all of us to know how to live off the land at some point. I mean, God forbid we ever have to know, but it wouldn't be the worst idea to plant a garden this spring. <laughs> it really wouldn't. Um, but we, do, but I, I don't want to, I also don't want to put fear in people over things that I, I can't. I can't tell you for sure about, but I would encourage our listeners to go look into this because we're looking into it. We're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with the food supply. Well, like in that um, Tucker clip that I, I sent you, Holly. Yeah. He says, you know, we're not sure what all this means, but you can decide for yourself, but it's that these plants are burning down. Two of them airplanes crashed into, like yeah. just in like the past two weeks, um, all at the same, oh, and then there was a, a crazy bird flu. So they had to kill uh, millions and millions of our chickens and turkeys. Yep. And at the same time, China has now bought 250,000 acres of our farmland. Yeah. But these Why? are just facts. These are facts. These are just facts. That you, you, we're not saying the cause, correlation, whatever, but it is something that you need to know because they're not going to report on it. That's it. And, and I think too, remember, and, and this has been talked about for years, China's um, strategy has always appeared to be that they are patient and that they will slowly, steadily try to incrementally take over their enemies or who they see as their enemies. And they're, they're not necessarily going to just attack us with bombs and try to take over the United States. It is the slow incremental takeover. They, they believe in patience. And, um, and these are the things we just have to be aware of. We cannot be caught unaware as a country. And I think we've spent years focused on the Middle East and Russia. And Trump's really the one who brought our attention to China. I think, you know, a lot of that's where we started paying attention. What's happened in China? And then certainly the virus, the China virus, you know, that virus came out of China, probably with the help of the United States, because it was happening in one of our labs in partnership with China. But still, we just, it's again, let's all pay close attention, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay, the border, because I know we got to wrap it up here shortly. Uh, we've been telling you guys to pay attention. The, the amount of people who've crossed over the border illegally under the Biden administration is unprecedented. We went from having one of the most secure borders statistically. So this is going by numbers. One of the most secure borders in recent history. And I would say that everybody would agree due to the Trump's, Trump administration's policies, like them or not. And there are a lot of people who did not like them, thought they were too stringent. But we have one of the most secure borders to now the least secure border in modern history. And we're having a problem with fentanyl coming over, illegal drugs, trafficking, sex trafficking, we know, uh, happens in, in, you know, from those weak borders. And then just this week, we had two illegal immigrants who, who were drowning in a river trying to cross over into the United States. And one of our National Guard Border Control agents heroically stepped in to save them and lost his own life in the process. And those two, those two illegal immigrants, they were um, drug traffickers, I'm pretty sure. Yes. They were, they just, and just so you know, just so y'all know this guy's name to honor him, his name is, it was a National Guard soldier specialist, Bishop E. Evans, and he was 22 years old. And I don't know if we can play yep. the um, clip yep. from when the reporter asked Jen Saki, our 
one of our faves, um, <laughs> about border. Let's see what she said. Yes. And Kristen, did you send me that one or did Amy, did you send that uh, one? It's on the rumble link that I, um, Oh, it is? Okay. I've got it. I've got you know what? Maybe it's not. No, it's not. It's in our thread. Hang on. Okay. Yeah. Just a second. Hold tight, y'all. Yeah, we're gonna play it. And no, y'all need to hear a, it. It's you know we can. It's on our. I got it. I got it right here. Listen to this. This is when a reporter asked Jen Psaki about his death. Listen, listen up. Does the president still have confidence? No, that's not oh, it. That's not the right one. Sorry, sorry, because that's that's Fox News asking the question. Hold on. Here we go. Hang on. I think I got it right here. Maybe is it for hey, Jen, first on immigration? Are we it's not that <laughs> Holly, it's in our it's in our right up in our um in our yeah. thread. I'm in it. That's what I'm playing, but it's not, I'm not playing the right one. Wait, wait, it's coming right now. Okay. Sorry guys. We have so much content uh in our threads. You wouldn't even I'm not even sure you'd want to look through it. Saki's <laughs> response. I got it. Is it not play? I'm going to. If not, I can play it from my phone. Bishop Evans, the 22 year old National Guard uh, specialist who drowned trying to save two migrants. I wanted to give you an opportunity to save some Yes, thank you for that, Jackie. And the news of the confirmation that his body had been uh, found um, was confirmed just a couple of hours ago. Um, I would note that, um, of course, our heart uh, goes out to his family and to his loved ones. Um, I would to confirm all the specific details. He went missing uh, on Friday following his selfless efforts to rescue two migrants who appeared to be drowning uh, and who were trying to cross a river in Mexico that went to the United States and uh, went into the U.S. Of course, uh, we know that national. Guard personnel, including uh, including uh, him, risk their lives every day to serve and protect others. Uh, and again, our, our hearts go out to his family. I don't have any, in case you may ask, I don't have any updates at this moment in terms of the president's outreach, but if uh, if that is something I can update you on this afternoon, I will let you know. Does the White House feel any responsibility for his death, given that uh, there, there's reporting that he lost his life, uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs? This is a, a problem that you know the administration has been facing for some time and has obviously been discussing getting some criticism on is does the white house feel at all responsible and what what more can you offer to people who you know are on the border in border communities who are experiencing loss and, and trials like this well, I, I, of course, we are mourning the, the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas, Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in this in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've, we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system and we would welcome any efforts to uh, for, for any elected officials to work with us on that. A lot of the um, border communities often you know, say that they've requested more from, from the federal government, more manpower to, to help manage these kinds, of, um, these kinds of issues. Is that being looked at? Is that being, is that being, can you give me a more specific request or a specific person or? You, you mentioned that, you know, this, this specialist was a um, National Guard, obviously, you know, the state's in charge of that, states are in charge of that, but there have been requests from the, the Texas governor from, you know, to, to send more um, 
you know, to help, help people who are in this position at the border, who are now trying to deal with an influx of migrants that they know is going to only increase, as you just mentioned, after Title 42 is lifted. Um, you've talked about having a humanitarian, um, you know, sort of system in place to deal with people coming across and increase vaccinations and that kind of thing. But in terms of, you know, law enforcement presence at the border, well, I would just say if we just dial it back a few years to kind of what we inherited here, oh. uh, the former president invested billions of dollars in a border wall that was never going to work or be effective instead of working towards comprehensive immigration reform. As part of the president's proposal, he put forward on his first day in office, he proposed investing in smarter security at the border, something he'd be happy to work uh, with governors on. And and certainly we're, we're open to having that conversation whenever they're ready to do that. Go ahead. They're ready. Whenever they're ready. I can't. I, this makes me need to walk away. I, I want to say a lot of bad words. Can, do we need to pick this apart for y'all? Do, <laughs> do we need to pick this, this little? Do we need to peel this onion? Uh, does anybody think that like, does anybody in their right mind think that the border states have not been asking for help? I mean, Abbott declared a state of emergency, did he not? I, they've gone on TV. They have visited the border. Biden and Kamala still have not. And when she says comprehensive reform, are they talking about the hotel rooms and the cell phones? Because that is not reform and that is not security. And the and fact that they throw it back on the state, the state is doing this because the federal government isn't doing crap to help them. So they're forced into doing this and then to throw, blame it on Trump. Yeah, of course, classic, it's like Putin's fault. Classic, classic. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the economy is Putin's fault, and our oil supply issues are uh, are Putin's fault, right? I mean, I I cannot believe that there are people in this country that believe a word that comes out of her mouth at this point. It is such spin, such political crap that I just—it's hard to stomach. I mean, slap some clown makeup on her face and curl up her hair because that's what she sounds like. It's what she looks like. It's like, you can't be serious. And I don't care if that offends anybody. I really don't, yeah. I really care. Cause I still believe in free speech and you don't have to like me and I don't care about that either. But <laughs> it is like, I really don't, thank God it's a gift. But I can tell you that she is, she is not, she's not living in reality. This is this is gaslighting is what it is. It's not living in reality. Reality yeah. is that under your boss's watch, this has gone to hell down there. And y'all have, I don't know what they're doing. It doesn't look like they're doing much of anything. And we're going to pay for it. Not just today. This is we're talking about forever. We've listened Ever. to interviews from Border Patrol agents. We want to get one on. So if any of y'all know any that will get on, we would love to talk to somebody who is actually there, not somebody who's just speculating from a distance. Right, and I was there begging for help and, and Texas is actually sending these illegal immigrants to Washington DC now because they've had no response and no help and they're at their wits end. I just cannot believe, and go look at the numbers for when that wall that never had any potential to help, go look at the numbers for the migrants crossing the border then versus the number crossing now. Yeah. It is insane, it is ridiculous, is it is it is a national security crisis yeah. they have said former ice the tom homan and then that other guy there was another guy that was on i think charlie kirk they both talked about it they are there and they have all their connections there yeah let's listen to those people yeah. not her <laughs> they are so out of touch 
They are they are out of they are out of touch with reality completely. It is, I mean, it's hard it's, to yeah. believe. And again, let us remember when someone's in office, girls, that we can maybe relate to a little more, or that we think has some good ideas. That we bring the same scrutiny to the table. But my word, my word, it's hard to wrap our brains around. And I know Kristen's got to go because she's got uh, an appointment, I think, in 10 minutes. Um, so I know we got to wrap this up. But listen, we've got more interviews to come. We want to bring more experts on the show. And to be honest with you, the only reason we haven't done it in the last few episodes, there's been so much going on in the world we needed to talk about. But also our schedules are, are it, scheduling people is not easy, by the way, because we do this part-time and it's a pretty full-time job and we're doing it part-time by the way we do have a website coming we have merchandise coming uh we excited about that um with some slogans we think you guys are going to enjoy wearing um, but certainly with just think the podcast we're going to have that merchandise available more because we just want to bring awareness you know we want people to know that we're here for the conversations and uh, we just want to invite people into that. So thank you guys for being a part of it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, and check out our Rumble account. Yes. Yes, go do it. All right, bye, y'all. Bye. bye. bye.